the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things investing and more. Some days I want to slow things down. This is one of them. Talk a little strategy. Talk a little reminders, what to focus on. Understand that not everyone makes money at anything that they do. Which is kind of like saying, um, you could probably be a short-term trader of stocks. I'm more of a long-term accumulator. And my focus has always been technology. But even before then, I was getting some pretty good, interesting, how shall we say, uh, lessons. I want to share some of them with you. Uh, because I think some of them are just really, really basic. And we make our lives a lot tougher than they need to be. They say that Generation Z is doing a better job now at saving for retirement at their age. Let's just say roughly 18 to 25 than the baby boomers did at their age. There's The headlines are Generation Z's better savers for retirement than boomers. Well, it's a little misleading because now a lot of companies will automatically enroll you in a 401k which I think every company should do, every country should do. But that gets a little controversial on it's your money, it's your decision. You should be able to opt out for sure, but should also be able to opt out if you do that of Social Security. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think the number one thing that I've learned is always live below your means. It's something I talk to my kids about because we don't. Um, I do personally, because I can't break those old habits. I try to make them wait when we purchase anything. But ultimately, I'm a I'm part of their problem. I'm not controlling spending as smartly as I should. My kid has, for instance, 10 baseball hats. We go to a Dodgers game. He wants a Dodgers hat. We go to a Giants game. He wants a Giants hat. We go to a Vegas game. He wants a Vegas hat. Um, it's not the dumbest thing but it's pretty close to it in my head. But to him, it's a a memento. It's a memory of the, where he just went to me. It's uh, how many hats do you need? I've got two. I got one for sun. I got one for uh, my hair looks like a mess and I need to go out in public. That's funny. Um, So if you make a hundred dollars, yeah, got to at least save 15 and live off that $85. So I hope you invest that 15 and maybe even build up an emergency fund. But that's kind of for later on, right? When you're young, like my children are, I like to tell them that time is on your side. Um, we set out to accumulate wealth and savings that will literally tire us out. Most everyone starts life working to earn money. 
I started when I was 16, probably. I think my first job was uh, cleaning dishes at a Ferrell's, which was kind of like a family ice cream parlor that all the kids would go to after movies in the mall. And there I was, gross and disgusting, falling in love with a waitress or two. But that paycheck to me meant something. Like, I'm on my way to making it. Um, I wish I would have saved that 16. I didn't. Uh, the key event for me to start triggering to invest was probably 19 years old. I wanted financial freedom for my dad. But also, I got rear-ended in a car crash. And I got a settlement. And I was like, okay, I could use this money in video games and pizza and dates, or I can invest it. And it was my head start right there. Jump in. <clears throat> but I want to go over the math again with you. If you start saving $275 a month at age 20, you have a million dollars by 65. $275 a month sounds like a lot. I'm with you. It's 70 bucks a week. Can you do it? I couldn't always do it. But the effort to try is it gets you ahead. So if you have saves $270 a month for at age 20, you'll have a million dollars at age 65. If you get a 7% annual rate of return, which is the S&P 500, not including dividend or investments. If you wait till age 30, it takes $575 a month to get a million dollars. Now, again, what's that? Now you're talking $125, 135 a month, a week. Way different than 70 If you wait till you're age 40, you're going to have to save $1,250 a month to get to a million dollars at age 60 with that 7% return. Now, what does that do to you? And 50 to 300 a week. See the difference in how time works for you? I want everyone to know Social Security is not a retirement plan. If you have no savings, you're going to have a very low quality of life. I'm like talking trailer park, which I'm not knocking, but it's going to be the cheapest form of a roof over your head possible in an undesirable neighborhood. No vacations, no restaurants. That's what I tell my kids, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. Now, keep in mind, they're going to inherit well. So you never want to spend everything that you make. Your budget should be based on 85 to 90% of your take-home pay. Time is the most important thing in the, in the investment vocabulary, vernacular word. If financial independence is the goal like it was for me, starting today beats wait until tomorrow. And you don't really want to count on Social Security for financial independence. Next up, let's talk about becoming financially independent. Um, you don't want to overlook things. Spending money that has been accumulated for financial independence extends the time it'll take to achieve a goal. So I've seen people save money in a 401k. Then things get tough and they take it out. You have to pay a penalty. You have to pay a tax on it. And you lose time. Paying a penalty and paying the taxes on it is, is it should be the biggest negative it's like to me, uh, ATM machines don't make a lot of sense. I would see people go to the ATM machine and pull out $20 back when $20 went a little further than it does today. Now it's probably 40 But you would see that they would pay 3 bucks to get 20 
out of an ATM machine. I'm like, why are you doing that? Do the math. That's 15%. Do you get your own money? Don't be so lazy. Go get the money uh, in the middle of the day at the bank. We used to have to do that. ATM fees now are the highest they've ever been. Isn't that insane? People in their 20s believe retirement's a long way off and that it's something for older adults. I looked in the mirror and I, I saw myself or I thought I saw myself. I thought I was going to see a 30-year-old me, 35-year-old. I'm like, Jesus, that's a 50-year-old me. That weighs on me. It happens. It happens fast. Still have that image in my head of a younger me, but the real image is an older me. My goal was to become financially independent so that I could choose whether or not to work. I wanted to retire early, live with a beautiful woman, i.e. a wife, in a beach community and for poops and giggle, sell fruit on the beach. That was my dream when I was 20. It changed by the time I got to 35. But it was a good dream to start. I knew how to get there. You have to have a roadmap. Ned never ever disturbed the funds that have been accumulated. We'll talk about that as we come off break. But I think it's a really good one. Do not spend the money that's been accumulated for financial independence. Not to use a religious reference, but it's like stealing from Peter to pay Paul. It's not a good idea. It's like stealing from your retirement to pay for a TV. Not a good idea. Anyhow, I have events coming up. I always have events coming up. I have one coming up. You can find out more at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. By the time today's broadcast show is over, I will have gone through enough of the basics that you are should be able to go out on your own as a 20-year-old and accumulate some wealth, have some fun, be young. But this is a reminder for 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, and 50-year-olds as well. There's There's a lot of reminders here. So becoming financially independent, one of the things I left off on was the idea of never disturb things that you've accumulated. I said, don't steal Peter from Paul. If that offends you and you're religious, I'm sorry. What I'm trying to say is never steal from your retirement. But you can call it a bucket. Someone else did in financial media. That's fine. To fund your entertainment, to fund your lifestyle creep, to fund your new car. I've never, ever touched any of my investments. Now, that's true and not true. My retirement investments I've never touched. But I invested in Apple, and I've got a ridiculous capital gain in it. So, yeah, I took... Uh, what I sell, um, I've sold maybe a million through the years, but it's worth five, six, seven, eight digits. 
So I've taken some off and diversified for sure. And I've started other strategies on top of it to create more income, including covered calls. Where I don't do it, I have a firm do it for me called Spiderock. Um, and it generates a sizable amount of income for me every month. For me, the, those shares of Apple are probably going to end up, many of them, not all of them, many of them, uh, are probably going to end up in a charitable fund um, or in a trust. So never disturb funds that have been accumulated. That was an extreme example of a concentrated position. You don't want to spend money that's been accumulated for financial independence. If you invade that long-term saving, it's going to extend your, your time horizon to hit your goals. Money spent can no longer grow and compound. Einstein did not say compounding is a miracle. That's a myth. But it is. Your money doubles every 7.2 years, and your money makes little baby monies. So if you're $100 when you're 20 invested, it becomes $200 when you're 28. It then becomes $400 when you're 35 and $800 when you're 42 and $1,600 when you're 49, $3,200 in your mid fifties, $6,400 in your sixties when you're ready to retire. $100 will become $6,500. What a great return rate of return, right? And that's just if it does normal stuff. Um, historical normal stuff on Wall Street. So assuming a 7% rate of return, $15,000 spent today could have grown into $114,000 in 30 years. That $114,000 in retirement, if you use the 4% rule, that's popular. It would pay you $4,500 of income per year towards financial independence. And that's just $15,000 over 30 years. Another trap some people fall into is accessing savings by borrowing against them. Um, I've, I'm very, very weary of this. You can take out a loan against a 401k. I don't recommend it. You're like, but yes, it gets me into a house. But no, you lose time in the market. And you have to pay it back if you lose your job almost immediately. Loans are very popular feature of 401ks. Funds can be borrowed from a 401k for almost any reason, as long as they're your employer permit plan loans. When money is borrowed against it, the custodian moves the amount of assets securing the loan to the safe option within the plan. This option is usually a money market fund. The interest rate on the money market funds um, are pretty good today. But they haven't been for the last 15 years. One of the hidden costs of borrowing from a 401k is the money that isn't earned while the assets are held in the low interest safe option, you don't get. Another problem with this type of borrowing is that many employees who take loans stop making contributions until the loan's repaid. Um, and I don't like it. You got to separate what's retirement and what's emergency money and what's fund money and what's living money. And I'm not saying there's never a true emergency. But for me, it would almost have to be like, I got my arm cut off and I have no money. I have to pay someone to sew my arm back on. It would have to be something graphic. If you ever leave an employer-sponsored 401k, 403b, 457, take the retirement plan with you. Um, don't take the cash. Roll it over into the new plan. 
sometimes you've accumulated $60,000 in a 401k. You're like, I left that company. I'm going to go work for another company. I'll start a new 401k. You're like, $60,000 will get me a BMW. Don't do it. You leave savings and savings, investments and investments. You leave emergency funds and emergency funds. You don't mix those, those buckets. You could roll it over from a 401k into a self-directed IRA if you choose. You can roll it over into your new 401k with your new employer. Or you can even leave it in the existing plan if you liked it. I didn't like to roll it over. Um, one of the reasons I do is less record keeping, fewer monthly statements, fewer emails, fewer forms to use at tax time. Coordinated investments. Coordinating a well-diversified portfolio of two, three, four, 401ks. Just throwing it down there for you. And if you happen to die with four or five 401ks, it's a nightmare for your children. Because then let's say you have two children and you say, okay, your mom and dad died and here's your inheritance. Uh, your dad had four 401ks and son number one followed dad's rules and he loves 401ks and saving for retirement. Son number two, he uh, has a lifestyle creep and he wants Maserati. He wants cash. Then you put the nightmare of divvying that stuff up on kids. I don't like it. Build a three-legged stool is one of the first things I learned 25 years ago in this industry. Any basic investing book has the simple three-legged stool. Leg one is tax-deferred savings. This money is saved pre-tax in a 401k or a traditional IRA. Saving money in these types of accounts can have immediate tax benefits, usually in the form of deductibility of taxes. They can provide long-term tax benefits through tax deferral. One. The IRS will tax these savings when the funds are withdrawn, typically at a lower income bracket than your working years. Like two is after-tax savings. These funds are held after-tax and the earnings are taxed each year as they're realized. Benefits of these types of accounts is uh, they get preferred tax treatment when the funds are withdrawn and there's no tax penalty to access your own money. And like three is tax-free savings. The Roth IRA has become a popular way to expand retirement investing for many investors. On top of your 401k, you start a Roth IRA at home. Roth distributions can come out tax-free if certain conditions are met and the owner is not required to take distributions until at least age 72. The goal is to balance savings and investments on all three legs with tax advantages, tax deferred, and with tax savings. I'm Ron Black talking all things financial. I always have events coming up. I like the events, whether it's Pines and Portfolio or Wealth Planning Seminars. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. So to review, you want to avoid spending funds that have been set aside for long-term savings goals. Your 401k loans are not cheap sources of funds. The costs are high when considering the lost opportunity. Savings held in a former employer's plan can be rolled over into a direct self-directed rollover IRA. I recommend it. It gives you a little bit more control, and that's a good thing. I talked about building a three-legged stool. Um, one is a tax-deferred savings where the money is saved pre-tax in your 401k or your 457 or a traditional IRA. 
you to deduct what you put in. Um, you don't pay the federal taxes is the idea, which is real money. 401k avoids it being taxed in the first place. Traditional IRAs let you uh, get a tax deduction at the end of the year. You want to build a leg of the stool that is after tax savings. And <clears throat> that's already been taxed. Um, so as it grows, you get the benefit of that. It's a preferred tax treatment when the funds are withdrawn. I like it. Um, that's the largest part of my wealth over 401ks is my after-tax savings. And my third leg of the stool is tax-free savings. And that's setting up money in a Roth IRA um, or Roth 401k as long as you don't make too much money. Um, that will give me and you in your retirement if your wife really wants to get an RV and travel the United States. RVs are $100,000 and you don't want to up your tax bracket in retirement from your after-tax savings or your tax-deferred savings. You want to use your tax-free savings. Um, moving on to the next concept of things that I'm teaching my kids is embrace the volatility of the stock market. It's okay. It's not a roller coaster. It's more like a ramp. And it moves up at 10% in grades. Up grades? Is that the right way of saying it? <clears throat> um, it's not a roller coaster. Go look at a map, and you can Google this, or you can chat GPT it. Show me a, a visualization of the S&P 500 for the past 90 years or 100 years, and you're going to say, hey, that looks kind of like a ramp. Starts in the lower left corner, and it slowly goes up to the, the right side, typically 8 to 10% a year. Yeah, there's moments of volatility, World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam. Who knows? Uh, Iraq War One, Iraq War Two. Who knows? There's going to be volatility, high oil, low oil, super high interest rates, super low interest rates. But don't visualize it as a roller coaster, kids. Visualize it as a, like what it is. You're too close. It's like being at the sphere in Vegas. If you're at the floor, you don't realize it's a 360 foot tall building with a 360-foot-tall TV screen in there. If you're too close, you can only see a skosh of it. So the further back you get, you see the true picture of what they're trying to present. Um, step back a little bit. Most people do not like volatility. I'm okay with it. It's common. The stock market has never gone to zero. It's never gone down and stayed down for 30 years. It's never been a miserable, gloomy, swampy place to live. Historically, inflation's averaged 3.1%. Well, there's historically, stocks have averaged 10 to 11%. You know what I said is the boogeyman for 25 years on the show? Who is Freddy Krueger? Who is Jason Voorhees? I said it was inflation. It's the thing that scares me the most. 3.1% is manageable because you're getting 10 to 11% in the stock market. But when inflation creeped up 9%, in 2022. Holy shnikes. Let's just say it was time to buy new undergarments. Underwear. I don't want to say undergarments. It makes me sound like I got something going on down there that I don't typically. I don't typically. I ah, scratch this all. <laughs> so I like the volatility. I fear inflation. So if I have a million dollars a day in 15 years at a 3% interest rate, uh, 3% rate of inflation, 
my million dollars will only buy me five hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand didn't save enough will only buy you a hundred thousand, which might be a roof or it might be a car or it might be a medical procedure. It's not enough. Another principle that I'm teaching my kids is diversify and rebalance to succeed. Um, I have my 401k where I sell my winners and I buy more of my losers every year because winners don't tend to outrun and win in mutual funds for 10 years in a row. So in 2022 and 2023, mid caps and small caps have been miserable performers, flat, nothing sexy, um, nothing going on. I would, I'm not a gambling man, but I'm going to make a gambling statement, but I'm not a gambling man. I would gamble to bet that small caps and mid caps outperform maybe in 2024, more likely by definitely by 2025. So large cap growth, S&P 500 has had a good 2021 and 2022. Um, sorry, 2022 and 2023. Um, if you're in the Magnificent Seven, you've been treated really, really well. Now, again, there's hits and misses. There's potholes in there. Or if you look at individual stocks, it's different. But I diversify my 401k because my 401k doesn't have any individual stocks in it. It has indexes. And the indexes tend to... Um, like a horse race, large cap, they're the racers, right? Um, growth and value. So there's six, there's three growths, large, mid, small, three value, large, mid, small. Then you can get into real estate, you can get into income, you can get in bonds. And they all tend to start on the left side of the horse race track. And if you give it 30 years at certain times, as they're starting to move across the track, you'll see different asset classes do better than others. Like I said, 2023 S&P 500 is thumping small caps and mid caps by 15%. I expect that to be made up. You know, I don't own any European funds. I own some international funds, but some years you'll see European outperform Asian. That's getting a little bit microscopic, right? You're, you're hitting the bullet shot into it. Uh, but I have some international funds that some years they underperform, but I've also seen years where they've outperformed. There's a chart that you can Google called the Calum Periodical Table of Assets, and it shows you how they change every couple of years in their performance. Some years, gold's the winner. Some years, it's large cap. Some years, it's mid cap. Some years, it's bank stocks. Like You're like, whoa. So moving into some new content. I like investing the most when the markets are down. So the year that the market's down in 2022, aggressively, that was probably my best year to invest. I used to say it in a funnier way. Uh, anytime Saddam Hussein would invade Iraq, that was the best time for me to invest because America would get freaked out. And then that would last three months. And 18 months later, the market was well above where it was. Um, the least common denominator for 401k would be a target fund. Um, I have a producer who hasn't saved a lot for retirement, but let's call him 35 years old. Um, he'll probably retire in 30 years at age 65. So that's, if you take a look at that, that's the year 2055, roughly. If he were to say, what should I do with my 401k? I said, do you want to work on it or do you want it just to be autopilot? He said, or did I say autopilot? I say, well, you could probably get a 2065 fund and that slowly gets you the right assets. And as you get close to retirement, it becomes less risky less growthy. 
But since you haven't really started yet, go for a 2075 fund. So it keeps you growthy longer. I'm okay with uh, simplifying things. Um, if you look for 8 to 12% returns, you're going to do a lot better on Wall Street than if you look for 15%. There's a question that they ask portfolio managers. Um, what number would you get to retire in market performance? And you won't come to work the next day ever again. And the answer is if you can guarantee me 15, 12 to 15%, I'm going to take it. Because 8 to 12 is the norm. There's a theory on, and I, I again, there's been years where we've gotten 30%, no doubt about it. There's been years that I was in five stocks and I got 150%. Like I was 20, 25, 30, you know, I was, I was young. I won't do that anymore. But diversify your assets into stocks. Later in life, bonds. Earlier in life, real estate. Stocks and real estate. If you get 10 to 20% in real estate, I think you'll do well. Um, a home that you live in is not an investment. It's a home that you live in. And the, if it's gone up in value, it's not an investment until you pay it off or until you do a refi and take some of the money out. It's just equity that sits there and loses money towards inflation. So I see people who have paid off homes. I'm like, why? Um, you get to take the money out in a home equity line of credit and bought another home. You don't take it all out, of course. I see financially successful people as having their paid off homes working for them in other new homes. It's all the work advisor, but you can actually any stocks ever mentioned or any theories ever mentioned on this type of show. So you're looking for eight to 12 to be realistic. You're looking to diversify in some stocks and real estate. The best way to own real estate, in my opinion, is not a 30 year mortgage or your home. It's in what are called REITs, real estate investment trusts. They're professionally managed properties that if you, Go to a website called investinreits.com or Conan Steers. They do a really nice job explaining what REITs are. Or Investopedia does a nice job. Um, there are businesses like malls and auto dealers and movie theaters and hospitals and um, oncology centers that are professionally managed. So the tenants come in and management says, okay, we're going to raise your rent 2% every year. Now, again, they get into trouble too. Commercial real estate, you know, overexpanded in the uh, running into COVID. They didn't see the um, people not going to the work. So some of the REITs are, are struggling. But over time, it's the best way to do it, in my opinion. Keep in mind, REITs pay a large percentage of their income back to you because they don't pay taxes. The government said, if you set up this real estate investment trust, the word trust isn't there. They don't pay corporate taxes. So the rents that they collect, they share with the shareholders. Um, I think that's the best way to go. REITs, publicly traded REITs. Um, Kimco comes to mind. Um, as historically, it's done really well over 40 years as a company. But consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything you ever hear on the show. Coming up, I'm going to give you some more sound ideas for how to invest. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. Pass this podcast on. And if you get a chance to come to an event. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. 
That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Never borrow money at a higher rate than a mortgage rate. I've never carried credit card debt. These are some of the simple lessons I'm going to pass on to my children, and I'm going to continue to practice every day of my life. Set up multiple plans. You want a retirement plan. You want an emergency plan. You want a fund plan. You want a house plan. Asset allocation is more important than stock selection, so buy some equities, buy some REITs, consider some bonds or some income stocks. The way that I own bonds or the way that I construct portfolios to own bonds in my head is always low cost. Being a bond picker is a unique skill. Um, And there's something called municipal bonds that everyone should be aware of. Uh, You can buy a municipal bond, for instance, that makes uh, is raising money to put a library in Palo Alto or an electric vehicle plant into Stockton. And the state of California says, you don't have to pay taxes on the income that we give you out of that. Saving money on taxes is just as important as earning money. Okay. First things first, let's, let's recap a couple ideas. Set your priorities. Decide which goals to pursue. Kids, college, house, retirement. Set dollar amounts next to them. If you write it down, you're going to take it more seriously. Next up is make a budget. Um, there's hundreds of budgeting tools out there now. 25 years ago, I recommended mint.com. I still do today for just starting. It's really good. It's mint.com. It's mint.com. It takes some updating. It brings in the data from your credit cards and your bank statements. And it says, look, uh, you're spending a lot of money at restaurants. You're spending almost no money on movies. Good. You're spending, you're not saving for retirement. Bad. A budget shows you your your layout and it's important to have a map a code a a, a rubric if you will a, a set of rules that you are now going to guide yourself by based on where you're seeing your money flow into um, i love online banks i have no problem with them i have a bank account with bank of america and i have a bank account with depending on federal credit union because my dad was in the military but I also have most of my money saved in online banks like Flourish. Basics of banking and saving is important to understand how your money is spent. All my online bills are paid. I know all my bills are paid online. Uh, if I have to write a, a check for the pool guy, it, it doesn't piss me off. But I don't like writing checks. Um, basics of investing. Everything in life is going to cost more. Over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, so does rents, vacations, cars. They all cost more. Inflation is going to be between 2 to 4% on things that you buy and consume. Therefore, you need to get 10% from stocks. Historically, that's what you get. Historically, you get 6% from bonds, and historically, you get 5% from real estate. I'm just going on history. And I'm not talking about your neighborhood. I'm talking about the history of the United States. Remember, when you're under 50, a stock market correction, it's rather scary. But not to me, it's a buying opportunity. So right now I've got more money in cash than I've ever had in my life. The money markets are yielding 5% in 2023. If there was a 20% market correction, I'm going to move some cash into the market. Investing in workplace-sponsored qualified retirement vehicles, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, it's the most important tool you've got for retirement. 
15% of your paycheck, every paycheck, it lowers your taxable income and it gets you to retirement. Um, you want to accumulate in your 401k, you want large growth, large cap growth, large cap value, mid cap growth, mid cap value, small cap growth, small cap value. You can get a blended fund of large growth value. You can get a mid blended fund. There's many ways to conquer this, but think of it as a tic-tac-toe board, which has an X and a Y axis. One X is the size, small, mid, large. The other Y is the growth, growth and income and income. Um, don't be ashamed to do that. So those asset classes work over time. Um, if you're going to invest in individual stocks, you're probably going to get burned on the way. I say until you get $100,000 in your 401k, your 403b, your 457, don't invest in individual stocks. I know you want to. Um, if you are going to invest in individual stocks, think of names like McDonald's and Visa. Um, they're big and they're time-tested. And if you take a look at the last 30 years and you have 30 years, you're like, that's a great chart. If you take a look, if you have 20 years until you're going to need the stock or the money, take a look at the last 20 years. If you're a trader and you want to pull off a trade in 15 days, take a look at the last 15 days. Start with some concepts that are, are relatable to your your brain. When you buy a home, I think it's the American dream, but it could also be a nightmare. You have to pay that mortgage every single month. I consider a home a debt, a liability. Condos and townhouses don't resell nearly as well as single family homes. I would prefer that you do buy close to a job or in luxury areas. Um, if there's an armpit of the state, and in this case, I'm going to say Stockton, um, I don't want to buy there. Uh, just because I can get a home cheaper, it, it, I'd rather have higher quality jobs close by or a university or hospitals. I'm not knocking on Stockton anymore, but you get the idea. There's a big difference between Petaluma, nice up and coming town in California, and um, Stockton, where there's just not great jobs, although they are talking about building a need. Um, controlling debt. Controlling debt is another lesson that we all have to play with. Uh, pay off all debt over 8%. Mortgage and student debt are tax advantaged. Um, never prepay your mortgage. Um, now that the mortgages are 8%, maybe that changes, but I've got three mortgages right now that are all under 3.5%. I'm not paying one of them off anytime soon. That's a cheap cost of money. Uh, saving for College, the best website is going to savingforcollege.com and learning about it. There's things called 529 plans that if you're wealthy and you've maxed out your 401k, they're a great way not to, to be tax efficient. And the money comes out tax-free for your kids' um, college costs. So that's just the basic of where we are. I don't like new cars. I like two-year-old cars. Um, I have health insurance to protect and ensure my health. I have home insurance to protect and ensure if a dog, my dog bites someone. I've got term life insurance. I would never, ever buy whole life or variable life. Those are just the basics for you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Questions? Rob at robblackshow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Saturday, October 28th in San Mateo. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. 
Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Saturday, October 28th, 10 a.m. to noon at the Crown Plaza in San Mateo. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.